Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Executive here at BrightPath. Hello, this is Barry Wheeler, Senior Consultant here at BrightPath. And in episode 170, we want to talk about the long-term recovery process. And we're going to do this by walking through a long-term recovery framework that we've created here at BrightPath to really kind of illustrate this for you and your teams. And you can download that through a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at what we're going to kind of be walking through. Probably helpful to, to download and have in front Have in front of one. you. Yeah. There's obviously a graphic in the show notes as well uh, that you can you can click on in order to get to the, the, the PDF download that you can get for free. For background, when we're talking about recovery, we're talking about after the response phase. So if you think about like a regional natural disaster, like a hurricane or flooding, this is after the re- the response focus, life safety, get the business back up and running phase. And then you enter into this days to weeks to months to even years long long-term recovery phase that goes on. Yeah, it's that p- it's the piece of the process that, you know, once once everybody's accounted for, once assets are sort of assessed and you have sort of a full accounting of, of what's happened and you've shifted into okay we're starting to get back into normal operations. We need to start, you know, clean up or, you know, adjustments. It's really that, that recovery of the response and of the, the situation that the team is undertaking that doesn't necessitate a whole lot of kind of broad organizational. Yeah. And we should, we should, we should mention here that the idea of a recovery strategy of recovery framework this is a newer concept in crisis and emergency management. It is. Um, it was just over a decade ago that FEMA and the Federal Emergency Management Association, uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency, rather, unveiled the first national response framework I w- or national recovery framework. I was at that conversation. I helped craft that strategy uh, with FEMA and with a lot of private sector input. And it was really laying out what does that long term recovery look like you think about a city at least particularly in the way government the way fema's thinking about this with the states and cities and counties you 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 have a tornado come through uh, an f5 come through like joplin did in joplin missouri and you have all of this damage to citizens and the loss of life and to the local economy the infrastructure impact and the list just goes on and on and on that will take months to years to recover. It has taken months or years to recover. Yep. What we're trying to accomplish here by laying out a long-term recovery framework is as you're going through this as a business leader, as a crisis management or business kind of leader, what are the things you need to think about? And I want to frame this up a little bit by saying, as we talk through this, we're going to give you some divisions of labor between your company, your program, and government. And then there's some shared space in the middle. But I also want to point out that if you're in some of these spaces that we're going to talk through, you may be the one helping government recover certain capability. Like if you're a healthcare provider and we're talking about health and medical capabilities, okay, public health issues and fatality management, those are probably government things to work through. But getting your hospital back up and running, government's going to help you because it's a critical community piece of infrastructure. But you've also got to do it. Yep. So I'm, we may lay some things out, and you may be like, yeah, but like I'm a power utility. This is different. I got to get the power grid back up and running. Yes, you're exactly right. Yep. But if you're a retailer, getting the power grid back up and running 
is not your problem. No. It might be your problem, but it's not the thing you're going to go solve. It's not the fire you're going to go fight. We have structured our long-term recovery framework generally using FEMA's community lifelines. FEMA unveiled the community lifelines, I think, around 2016, 2017. Uh, it was a way of talking about the status of a community. FEMA uses a red, yellow, green lifeline status. Um, I think it's a pretty innovative way of thinking about it. We did this so that what we what we lay out for you and your business county and crisis management program aligns with how FEMA thinks about the the response and recovery efforts within a community, where their focus is going to be right as they start you know putting boots on the ground. So let's start with the first one. The first lifeline is safety and security. So for FEMA, for government entities, they have some things they're responsible for. Law enforcement, fire services, although occasionally that's a private sector function, search and rescue, and government services. So these are areas that are public sector responsibilities. Bray, what, what's your program as the business leader? What do you need to be thinking about? So as the business leader, you're thinking about your physical security at your facilities. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about internal safety measures. So what are you doing to keep your your people and your assets safe and secure? You're also thinking about your internal crisis management. So your process in, in sort of managing, and we sort of put it in that bucket because that's one of the traditional spaces that it falls in, but it also has some very tangible pieces back into those partnerships that, you know, the the public sector or the government's going to be providing there. So really you're in a microcosm, you're sort of thinking about your space and your people and how are you mm -hmm. managing, you know, their safety and security and, and that of your assets and your facilities. The second category of the female lifelines is about food, water, and shelter. So on a public sector standpoint, there's water infrastructure. So everything from sewage treatment to water generation to water treatment to the flow of water, water mains, water pipes, all that fun stuff underground. Hydrants. Hydrants. There's also shelter and housing. And then we have some we have some shared area of responsibility here we're going to get to for this one. But Bray, what do you need to do for your program? So this one is it's kind of an interesting one from a you know, your own organization standpoint. And it's one that can get a little bit of a rabbit hole if you're not careful and probably if you're not thoughtful sort of at the start because a lot of that probably is dependent or you're dependent on other entities in the sort of private sector to make some of this real you know especially if you don't live in a food water shelter space or that's not your organization's expertise but you're thinking about the interim support to your employees you're thinking about connecting to you know Employ connecting disaster assistance to your employees. You're thinking about community service, volunteerism, donation. So maybe your team or your organization hasn't been fully impacted or is based in a neighboring town. Mm -hmm. What what can you do as an organization to take care of your people, your customers, your neighbors, and then also making sure that you're helping manage all of those process, you know, all of those stakeholders through some of that. Um, you know, and you're with your relationships to the, the public sector. There's a shared space here too in the middle and the shared space is food and agriculture. So that could be food retail. That could be bringing in food. 
It could also be the agricultural business, whether it's a large agricultural corporation or more than likely it's small farmers, family farms that are having to, you know, we need to get them back up and running so they continue to grow food and, you know, provide those services. The third lifeline is health and medical. So as we said before, the public sector responsibilities here are around fatality management and around public health and public health services. Bray, what do you have to worry about in your continuity program? Yeah, like we mentioned, it's really, if you're a healthcare organization, you're really looking at getting your operations and your folks back up and running as soon as possible and working you know, very closely with the public sector to probably do that, but you have a responsibility there to get those facilities up and running. You're probably the only hospital in town. You could be the only clinic in town. You could be the only, you know, x-ray, you know, mobile x-ray provider in the area. So you really have to focus on what are you doing in that space to get yourself back up and running. And that probably comes potentially at, at the expense of some of these other areas, but you really have to get yourself back up. And in the middle here for shared responsibility, well, these are the things that Bray was just kind of talking about a little bit. It's medical care, um, that there's a shared responsibility here. Uh, There's patient movement, again, a shared responsibility, and there's the medical supply chain. The public sector role here is often around enabling private sector medical care or nonprofit medical care to be able to move forward with these things. But government also has the ability to bring in medical assets through the military, through FEMA, through the Medical Reserve Corps, uh, and other groups to provide some of that capability during that recovery and response phase of the operation. Yeah, there's sort of a, a from a kind of your organization or you know private sector, nonprofit, healthcare, it's mm-hmm. what do you need? And relaying that as quickly as possible to those public sector agencies to make sure that roadways are open and some of those other assets are coming in. In the next category, we have energy, which we define primarily as power and fuel. And the public sector, unless you have a city or state-owned utility, which is becoming more and more rare, the public sector responsibility here is really about enabling recovery, which we'll talk about. But Bray, what about your program? What do you need to be doing? Yeah, so as you know, as your organization, you're really thinking around how are we getting emergency power generation? So if you are a utility, how are you getting some of that stuff back up and running as fast as possible? But if you're not that, you're everybody else, it's what generators do we have in place? How are we moving energy sources? What other resources can we bring in in order to help bring our power back online, Um, particularly if we're in support of some of these other critical spaces or other lifelines? Um, But then you're also looking at emergency fuel stocks and resources. So what are those things that you need as an organization to keep yourself moving that you can start to prep, store, stock, have available to yourself as well as provide to others potentially? So in the middle here for shared responsibilities for energy, we have the power grid where unless you're a utility company, the shared responsibility here is in almost every case, the, the government has an interest in having power and fuel available, they will go to great lengths to enable that recovery, even to the point of having the National Guard and other resources help with this. Yep. But a lot of this is the private sector, private sector energy companies utilizing their own mutual aid capability with other power companies. They do this really well and getting power operations back up and running. Well, take Hurricane Ian that just struck here recently. 
you know, it's really staging those linemen core, you know, linemen capabilities across, you know, the different states and having those available to surge mm-hmm. in and, and support, even if they, they're not, right. up, they don't own the power grid in that particular area. Our next category of lifelines is very similar. It's about communication. And here, the public sector responsibility with communication capabilities is around alerts, warning, and messages. So think about like your emergency notification alerting um, from the from government. It's about 911 and law enforcement, fire, EMS, dispatch. And it's about responder communication. It's about enabling the first responder community to communicate and maintain contact. What about your crisis management program, Brian? So from our organizational standpoint, it's really thinking about what are those backup capabilities that we have. So assuming all of those things go down, how can we communicate? So is that satellite phones? Is that other, uh, you know, internet kind of based communication that may be available um, even if mobile or telecommunications aren't, aren't up and running? There's also an internal communications capability. So how are you talking with each other? Even if everything's sort of working, the the networks might be flooded. There might be, you know, rolling connection issues or disparate different parts. How are you communicating internally in different situations makes a huge difference. And even if it's not tangible resources or structure, it's just the process. Thinking through that piece is critical to all the other sort of lifelines we're talking through here. And then in the middle with communication, well, the challenge here is a lot of communications infrastructure has a shared responsibility between government and the private sector. And so does, so do the issues related to finance and communications also is a shared responsibility. I mean, we can't move money without the federal reserve. So the federal reserve of course has complex business continuity, crisis management capabilities. Yep. Okay. Our last kind of named lifeline is about transportation and government's role here is around their, the role they own wholly is around highways and roads and bridges and the infrastructure that makes those work and mass transit in almost every case. There are some mass transits that are privately managed, but private sector companies are not going to rebuild a road so they can enable re-enable their supply chain. We look to government to maintain the roads, to rebuild the roads, to clear the roads in the response and recovery phase of an emergency. What's on your end, Bray, for your crisis management program? Really, it's around how are you enabling yourself to then move materials, goods, people, services on those pieces of infrastructure. So what does your fleet look like? What does your supply chain look like? What are your internal transportation needs? So do you have options where you can move folks internally without relying on mass transit? Do you have your own shuttle service or your own aircraft or access to different things that you can move these pieces around without kind of burdening some of the other processes, but also enabling those processes to continue too. Mm-hmm. In the middle for transportation, we have kind of three areas of shared responsibility, and those are about the rails, aviation, and maritime. And the reason they're shared is because government regulates these, and we need government for them to operate but they're almost entirely managed by the private sector. For the most part, railroads in the United States are privately held. Aviation is privately run. Commercial airlines, cargo capabilities, UPS, FedEx, the list goes on. And the same for ships. So we need both for those to continue to operate. 
And then lastly, we have a category of other, which is something we created. It's not one of the female lifelines. And we don't have any public sector responsibilities listed out here. But Bray, what do we have for your crisis management program? So that really, it really falls into what are those things are you doing organizationally that we've, you know, we talk through on different podcasts and different materials and really what our core business is really around enabling organizations to do these things. But it's an it's establishing your strategic priorities and validating those with leadership. So what are those key things that you need to do or take responsibility for in these different situations? How Does leadership agree with those things and moving forward against those things so that you're not off focused on, you know, smaller scale stuff when there's really critical pieces to focus on. You know, you're not a healthcare system that's worrying about finding, you know, putting all your focus into finding hotel rooms for your employees at the expense of getting the hospital up and running so that you can provide your core service there. So where's that balance that you need to strike? It's, you know, executing your business continuity plans and restoring those critical operations, which we've sort of talked throughout, but really having those programs and being prepared at the start and then utilizing those plans. And then it's just coordination with local and national NGOs. So similar to how you would do with the sort of the public sector, it's really finding those resources, the Red Crosses, the, um, you know, different health services or shelter services or, you know, all sorts of different NGOs and, and nonprofits that you can connect into that provide those resources either to your employees, your clients, your neighbors, whatever the case is, that you can act as a facilitator and arbiter of those things. And then we have some shared responsibility, and the shared responsibility here is really about public and private sector emergency management coordination. It's about your organization working with state, local, county, federal emergency management, and other agencies involved in this response and recovery, and vice versa. It's about them enabling you to work with them. About them, it's about them sharing information about response and recovery efforts, and it's about that shared point of view about what is really the situation on the ground, what challenges are you facing, where can you help government in their recovery, where can they help you by enabling your ability to recover. So we created this as a guide to really kind of lay this out. We saw a lot of companies struggling with this because a lot of organizations think about response and they stay in response mode. And government has already moved on to recovery their thought process is different. How they resource and communicate is different. It does not look or feel the same, but it's likely the most important part of the emergency response. Yep. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be sure to download our long-term recovery framework. It's a free giveaway. You pick it up right in the show notes or take a look at our resource library on our website. Be well.